0: Hey guys, how are we getting on? Welcome back to the JCC podcast for episode number 17. So this is probably going to be the final podcast before Christmas and I just want to take this time to say I hope everyone has an absolutely fantastic Christmas, a good bit of time off and is able to enjoy it with family, friends and loved ones. And I also want to take a second to thank every single one of you who've tuned into the podcast who've sent me a DM, a message, and in particular, who've ever shared it on their stories. I'm so, so, so eternally grateful for that. So this week, we are joined by Daniel Davey, a performance nutritionist from Ireland. And we talk about, really, the the topic is going to be around performance nutrition. We touch on Daniel's journey through the the fitness industry so far, how he got into it, his experience and education, how you can alter your nutrition to maximize and optimize your training performance, and his evaluation tactics, Of his own athletes and general pop clients, and what goes into knowing what foods work for them and why. The considerations that go into pre and post workout meals, his meal timings, and the differences between pre and post or pre game and pre workout meals, and then his final tips and advice for anyone looking to improve their own performance through nutritional strategies. Hopefully you guys take a lot of value from this. I really, really appreciate every single one of you who've listened to the podcast at one stage and hopefully that you enjoy this one. So sit back, relax, enjoy it, and please send me a DM or a message um, about how you found this one. Hey guys, how are we getting on? Welcome back to the JCC podcast for episode number 17. In this week's episode, we have a very special guest sitting opposite me today. A number one best-selling book of Eat Up, Raise Your Game. A performance nutritionist who has worked with the elite of the elite in golf, athletics, rugby, GAA, specifically Leinster Rugby and Dublin GAA as well, and uh, to name a few. Holds a CSCS qualification in strength conditioning and his name is Daniel Davey. How are you today, Daniel?
1: I am great. Uh, delighted to be connecting with you all the way from Melbourne.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If
1: you're in Melbourne, I'm in Dublin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in <regards> to, yeah, I <laughs> know. Yeah, but it is cool it is cool it's, it's one of the positives that's come out of uh covid and, and work at working
0: from home 100% i've i've actually been wanting to try and get you since since day one of the podcast been one of the people i've really really wanted to get on um mainly because just i just love your your style um the way you talk on on social media and your style of coaching um just such an easy normal kind of relatable guy and i think that that's really really uh important and it seems like um you just eat normal foods, Make cooking seem so easy, and your performance-based nutrition just so so effortless. Um, do you find it like very effortless, and do you find it's your it's a real passion to do so?
1: I, I am just saying this. That's a that's a really nice introduction. Thank you. Uh, really appreciate no it. Uh, I, I have learned that uh, all of the things that you do, it doesn't matter what it is. Uh, they take they take consistency and they take repetition so it it may come across like that but it is uh, in in real terms it's the amount of times that Hmm. i've put that pan on the hob um, (laughs) the amount of times i've chopped an onion it's it's easy to see something come effortlessly if you've done so many times um and it's well and truly who I am. And I think that's something that we talk about an awful lot in life, but uh, it, it does take quite some time to become comfortable with who you are and sharing who you are.
0: Hmm. Very, very good answer. I think that uh, similar to, I was listening to a podcast the other day with, with Eddie Hearn and he talked about that just going, it is literally who I am. It's what I've always done is my passion and that that drives that kind of effortless feeling to it. It just there's no other way about it. When you wake in the morning, it's just the first kind of thing on the mind.
1: Yeah, it's it's true. Um, but I will say uh, that you know there there are times. I'm not I'm not a robot. There are times mm. when I definitely doubt whether I'm making an impact and, and doubt my. Uh, my purpose in sharing content and sometimes that manifests itself in like a very recently I asked the questions about how much can we actually influence from you know, uh, from our online platforms, um, because I I'd often see even working with athletes and work with people, it isn't just about the presentation of information and the, the the offering of information. It's very much about what's going on in a person's life. Mm-hmm. So you do sometimes question: is is that is is the message? And you know, is the the intention, um, or the intention that I have to help people with with their nutrition or their lifestyle, you know, is it truly getting through? But it's nice to hear you say that.
0: Uh, yeah, no, it, it it definitely comes across. I'm sure that I'm the same sometimes, always trying to think about that. But from a person who's been following you for quite a while now, and um, you have that just really easy, and and you can see that. And I say this as well. Don't expect perfect. Just expect good consistency. You can see that you go and enjoy a beer every now and again, or whatever. But you know you know exactly what needs to be done at the end of the day and it's really refreshing to see something like that as well mm-hmm. so just want to get a little bit about really just about your journey what got you to where you are today and um, your your journey so far um, how did you get into the industry and your experience in education etc
1: the first thing that, that comes to mind uh, and we were talking a little bit before uh, we, we began recording about how difficult it is and mm. I I feel very, very fortunate that I entered the industry at a time when there weren't a huge amount of, of sports nutritionists or performance nutritionists. Performance nutrition wasn't even a thing, mm. you know. Sports <laughs> yeah. nutrition was where it started and people talked about sports nutritionists. And uh, I was, I, again, I haven't actually said, uh, I don't know if I have actually said this before on, on any podcast or discussion online um, I felt even with the route that I went uh, I felt I don't know if the word is insecure but I didn't go conventional route you know I I looked at people around me and people who were sports nutritionists and they had done three in sports science masters in sports nutrition and maybe a PhD and then people who went different routes they, they had undergrads in, in dietetics and sports and masters and i i i had um an, an ag science and and food science really wow uh, undergraduate yeah yeah interesting uh, and i only fully discovered during that degree at maybe the age of of 21 that hold on a second it's it's definitely not in the animal industry that i want to work (laughs) it's not in the farming side of things i want to work i want to work i'm an i'm an athlete myself i want to implement this information i want to help others so i started to redirect all of my learning towards that and do completing modules and assignments and things like that that would showcase the fact that this is where my interest lied and begin to apply for for a masters in in that area, um, fortunate enough to to get a masters or t- to to be accepted on, onto a master's program that was much more nutrition for prevention prevention of life cell related disease. But I again chose all the modules and yeah. things that would allow me to 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 focus on sports nutrition, and from there, and I this part of the story I told multiple times, I worked. In, jobs and in you know for free and, and jobs that <clears throat> I I hated marketing yeah. positions uh, I often tell the story about having to get up at four o'clock in the morning to go and hand out fruit juice on Leeson Street Bridge uh, just to pay my rent in Dublin and well, that's what life was you know yeah. that, that that's that's what it was I did eight months of an unpaid uh, internship in in UCD where they let me come in and sit uh, and just observe. And, you know, at that stage, people were so cautious about nutrition and so protective of their athletes that I didn't even know if I would get a reference for that work. So it's been a long, long journey. And uh, there's so much talked about perseverance. There really is. But Mm. for me, I just... In every single job that I did at, at each step, I, I, do, I, I do have perseverance and I did persevere and when the opportunities came up, I did believe that I was ready for them and that's how I delivered on them. So interviewed for, for, for those positions and, and was fortunate enough to get them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And what, what were those positions exactly when you did get in? What was your foot in the door?
1: My foot in the door, uh, and this is a very Irish thing, really, really Irish thing. But this is the reality of also this is the reality of the industry, and yeah. I, I definitely don't mind saying this. Um, it's, uh, it's an even playing field, but it does make life easier if you've worked with people and you have showcased or showcased your your work and your expertise on some level in another environment. So, I was playing senior Gaelic football for the London. Uh, football team while I was doing my master's while I was doing my master's I uh I acted as the sports nutritionist for the team uh made a lot of mistakes back then but that's not that's beside the point but there's a guy that was um uh, doing the strength conditioning while also playing was a guy called martin kennedy and martin kennedy uh had completed his master's in strength conditioning uh in australia and had worked with the West coast eagles um, as at his base as a, as in his internship and at work experience, so martin, I regularly refer to him. I could do the whole podcast on Martin, but Martin was a visionary in how he coached because he saw the person as well as the athlete and invested probably more in the person than he would have even in the s and c side of things yeah. he made really developed connections and lifelong connections. That's, that's how Martin worked. And he got his first job uh, with the Dublin uh, senior ladies football team. Um, I did a little bit of work with them. And then uh, he moved into the Dublin uh, hurling job. So the senior hurling job and asked me to come in and do some work with them. And then um a year later like martin i remember my uncle telling me there'd be certain people around you that are going up the ladder very quickly he said grab a hold of, of their tails, yeah and 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 hold on as tight as you possibly can do what you need to do so martin then um was asked to be the head of strength conditioning for the dublin senior team a year later, and asked me if i could come off. with that wow so um i I had to interview uh, for that position, as you would expect, um, mm-hmm. and I had to prove myself at each step. But um Martin Kennedy uh was my ticket into the industry, and I've I'm forever grateful for him for that. Mm.
0: And would you say then that's a that's a great story, actually it's one of the two of you came through through together. Um would you say that you say that um you used to play GAD high level um it for London GA team, did you say? Yeah, yes. would you say that being over there and being in that kind of environment really sparked your interest for for what you wanted to do?
1: Um, it was kind really of the opposite,
0: really. I was
1: <laughs> Totally disillusioned. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I. So so what what happened when I went? For, so first of all, in UCD, I played um, I played football in, in UCD at Sigerson level, and. I was surrounded by people with the same mentality, and like uh, in UCD, everybody wanted to play for their county teams. Everybody wanted to be better. People around you were pushing you all the time, and I, I, like I, 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 I'm unfortunately that just wasn't the case when I went to London. And there were instances where you know people went to training, and then we were spotted coming out of. Of of McDonald's, uh, you know, for the recovery meal, like not taking whatever recovery drinks that were provided or maybe not provided, but you're supposed to bring yourself. Um, mm-hmm. I remember doing a major project um, that was looking at the macronutrient intakes of, of elite GA athletes, and I couldn't collect enough data from the London players; <laughs> they just <laughs> wouldn't do their food diaries. So. I, I had actually, I had a breakdown. Well, I don't want to say a breakdown. That's a bit dramatic. But I remember being outside the dressing room over in London and like just going, I'm actually not going to have enough data here to complete my research project. Like I can't get my head around this. Uh, what am I doing? Like, what am I actually doing? And and, and the physio, actually a guy called Colin Fuller from, from Kerry that went on to work in Santry and with the Irish rugby team. Very, very, very sound guy. Um, uh, he took me aside and he said, Daniel, he said, your expectations here are way beyond where this group is at. He said, you just have to be mindful of it. He said, they just, this is, this is new to them. and You have to understand that th- this is just not a level of um, application that they can just step up to you just it's going to take time Mm -hmm. and he said you will get your data um, but we are going to have to work a little bit you know together Uh, to to do it and to get it and I eventually did get (laughs) enough information between friends at home and and those footballers but when you ask was that the thing that sparked me I think it was if you put it another way it was the thing that taught me some really valuable lessons Mm. Um, and I think you know if it was easy from the beginning there's no way you develop the skills that are necessary to yeah to go on and challenging environments
0: did he um did he work the guy who worked in Santry as well in London j a Uh
1: no, he was a player at the Okay. Time.
0: In in London j a or London GAA. Yeah, some no, pedigree, was... some pedigree coming out of there. <laughs> I might have to I might have to go and do a couple of months over there.
1: You know what? <laughs> uh, I can actually remember it. It was only one gear. I can actually remember it as one of my favourite ever experiences it was I can imagine. incredible absolutely incredible and I, I actually that year um, I, I, <clears throat> the beginning of the year I broke my leg and then uh, at the beginning of the season um, about seven months later I broke my leg again and I like had a really tough time trying to make it onto the school make it onto the team and, and all that And and despite that experience and how bad it was and sleeping on floors and everything there's so much that can be said for for group spirit and for team morale, and uh, we nearly had the, the 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 first like we nearly beat Leitrim in the championship that year. Mm. Just you know for the combined energy that was there.
0: Yeah. Wow, great story. God,
1: that was some. I never I never expected to talk about my time at g Ga, but then yeah. this, uh, that, that that's that's the way these things go.
0: <laughs> no, it's a great story, and I was going to say, and I forgot to say this when we were on air when we were talking about how we got into the industry I actually did a an internship with you and Jason Cowman when I was much 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 younger in in fourth year actually and that's that's how I kind of got in there and I it was it was like I knew actually the late Arthur Tanner um such a great man and uh, really? my dad my dad knows him well and he was able to get me a foot in the door and he said you know what we'll just I'm sure you were like oh Jesus this this young kid coming in we'll just show him the roast or whatever so I did a lot with Jason uh, Cowman and then with yourself for, for a couple wow. of days. And then it really sparked my interest. I was just like, oh yeah, rugby, Leinster, unreal. Can't wait to get in there, just see the players, whatever. And then it really sparked that interest where I was like, wait, you, you mean that if they eat this sort of food and then they train at this velocity or at this load, they can improve their performance on the pitch. That's crazy. And then it really started to understand and that's where the screws started to come for me. that gave me the the instinct or the the want to learn much more about that and so that's kind of where, where my interest actually get we completely forgot to say that when we were when we were off air as well so that, that, that's it
1: that is also a good story and just shows yeah. you you know uh, about how important the network is and how yeah. small the network is but there you go there you yeah. go that's a great insight
0: yeah absolutely so in terms of what we're going to chat about today actually is going to be performance nutrition for, for anyone who doesn't know so far. Um, so kind of a brief introduction into nutrition stuff. We might be using some phrases like macronutrients, um, micronutrients maybe, and calories. I presume, And if you'd like to add in anything else that, you'd, uh, that you think that w- will be discussed in this, I'm sure most people will have a good understanding. But just in case there is anyone who needs that um, understanding, what are, the, what are those terms?
1: Okay, well, let's start with um, calories. Uh, so, calories are energy in food in the simplest terms, um, yep. and they come from calories. Come from anything that contains carbohydrate, protein, fat, or alcohol. Um, so, carbohydrate um, per gram is four calories. Same with protein, and then fat is nine calories per, per gram, and alcohol has seven. Uh, calories per gram uh, yeah. and interacts in the body very different to some of those other nutrients that's yeah. sort of just a caveat uh, so macronutrients are as i as i said where we get our our energy is carbohydrate and carbohydrate comes from um, multiple sources grains uh, your rice and uh, quinoa and uh, millet and all of those different types of, of grains like oats and uh, protein comes from, conventionally, it's meat and dairy, and probably in sports terms, it's a w- well known that whey protein can be used as a protein source. And then fat, uh, it's healthy fats are, are oils, uh, nuts, seeds, fish, and um, dairy products also provide some healthy fats.
0: Fantastic. Hopefully that gave everyone a decent uh, overview of some of the, the things we're going to talk about today. So... The main thing we want to talk about is is this topic of performance nutrition. How we can um, how we can alter someone's nutritional plan or nutritional setup to improve um, performance. So can you do that? And if so, how does it how does it work? And how can we improve someone's performance by improving their nutrition?
1: Well, it all starts with what a person wants to achieve and what the specific goal is, and uh, in. In sport, you you're looking at a couple of different key variables so you're looking at you're looking at strength you're looking at power you're looking at speed you're looking at endurance or fitness and nutrition plays a, a key role in each one of those uh, performance measures so an athlete or a person and this could be anybody it's not it's not an it's not necessarily an athlete anybody can aim to improve their performance it can be you know it can be a a mom it can be a a person in their doesn't matter 60s 70s 80s any anybody may want to perform that little bit better and it's about understanding okay well first of all we've got a training focus like i said so it could be that you want to uh you want to become more powerful or you want to become stronger well a key thing, a part of that and that nutrition influences is your muscle mass um, and how much muscle you have versus how much fat mass you have. And it's then all relevant to the training schedule that you're completing. So you start with your goal, then you narrow your focus and then you say, okay, well, what is the type of training and how frequently am I training? And you align your calories, and your protein and carbohydrate and fat, those macronutrients to that specific goal. So that sounds like there's there's multiple layers to it, but I make it very, very simple when I'm talking in general terms. And I say, it's nutrition in the context of physical activity. Yep. So aligning your own needs from a nutrition point of view to how active that you are and the intensity at which you're operating.
0: Okay, very, very good. Very good synopsis of it there. And um I always use this story as well when I talk about uh performance and and like what what my goal was um back then. And I remember doing a and we were talking again about that that Leinster under twenties team that I was at, or I think it was maybe nineteens, maybe it's twenties, actually can't remember even which one it was. And going to the 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 trials of it. First of all I was I was an hour late, so I turned up for the second half, but in the morning, I was, again, before any of this kind of stuff was easily accessible, my mum goes, what What? What do you have for breakfast? And I said, steak and eggs, got to have it. No carbohydrates, no nothing before I went out. So that's a perfect example of not really understanding what I probably needed for that match and um, to help drive my performance and probably d- didn't help to more as my favourite, but we got through there in the end. So running that into how we evaluate what, what's needed for, I, I I have the word athletes here written, but let's just say even if gen pop athletes, whatever it is, anyone who is listening to this is more than likely going to be a gym goer trying to improve their performance, improve body composition. So if we talk about that, how would you evaluate that person? How would you, what goes into the evaluation of them to know what foods work for them to improve their performance in let's say a gym session or 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 a match?
1: Yeah, so... The, the first point is, or the first step in the process is seeing what a current, uh, what the current behavior looks like. So yeah. let's get a look at what your level of training is, what's your, what's your training schedule, um, what's your training intensity like, and then let's see how does the food that you're eating match your, 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 your training. So as yeah. I said, it's, it's nutrition in the context of exercise, so it'll always start at the very bottom. Uh, it'll start with calories and how much energy a person is consuming. Now, I, uh, th- th- there's a huge amount of debate uh, and uh, confusion around th- the need for being very specific with, with calories and macronutrient counting and tracking and things like that. M- my uh, philosophy or belief is that people need to be calorie aware. So you need to have a general understanding of, of your calorie needs, but you don't need to track your calories to the point where you become obsessive and you're Agreed. not actually able to, I, it, it, the, the word that's commonly used is now intuitive that you've got a, a for, from my perspective, you're becoming more in tune with your own need for energy by eating the right type of foods, And then sensing, actually, you can, you can learn, you can really learn to evaluate your own hunger signals. Yeah. So going back to your question, you look at calories, an average person will need, you know, if if it's a typical male, 80, let's say 78 to 85 kilos, they'll need somewhere between 2,500 and 3,000 calories on a training day. It's, it's really that simple. And the variation is about 300 calories Again, depending on their goal, but we're talking at at balance here. Now let's look at uh, the macronutrient breakdown of that. So are people hitting their need for protein? And I always start with protein because protein, in my experience, is the easiest thing to understand. And it's the easiest thing to evaluate when people are looking at their food. People can generally understand that a chicken breast has between 30 and 40 grams of protein that 100 grams of of meat or fish will give you about 22 to 25 grams of protein. And that you know, this amount of milk or this amount of yogurt gives you this amount of protein, an egg, eight, eight or nine grams of protein. So people can make those calculations. And it is putting one layer of information on at a time, not confusing the situation. And realizing, I suppose, then that, the more that you can create a consistent pattern, so that's around the timings of your meals. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, I, I feel like, even as I'm talking through this, that there's a, that there's a no. That there's a, yeah. So, but it does follow that hierarchy. Yeah. It's calories, it's macros, then it's meal timing, nutrient density. So, are, yeah. are people eating enough of the right type of foods? And then a very small percentage of time spent on supplements.
0: Very nice. I can see that uh, kind of pyramid, that hierarchy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And working from the bottom up, the bottom being, what was it again? Calories, then macronutrients. Calories,
1: calories, macros, uh, nutrient timing. So so the yep. timing of your meals and food quality interchangeable. And again, I make those, or you make those nice, decisions yeah. based off what you see on paper. So mm. if somebody comes to me an athlete or whoever comes to me, the first thing that they will do is they will submit uh, their pre-consultation form. And yep. that will include their goal, their, their targets, their knowledge, and then their nutrition behavior uh, and uh, other comments around foods that don't agree with them and allergies and things like that. And and that will, I can I can very, very quickly make all of those decisions based off seeing the pre-consultation form. Yeah. I know where to start.
0: Yeah, very interesting. And when you talk about um, protein for someone that would um, see, hear about all these numbers, 1.6, 2.2, 2.7, 2. something like that, where would you stick someone on that scale? I um, go Again, there's, there's so much to it, digestive function, mental mass they have currently. I know there's so much to it, but in and around and um, Where would you look to put someone on that scale from a protein protein level? Even the percentages of your your calories. Do you have something that you would usually work around for the average average person?
1: Yeah. So for the average person, uh, what you what you need to ensure is that first of all they're getting enough protein for whatever their their goal is, and yeah. that that I think the 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 lower limit is something about one point six from my perspective. The yeah. People that I work with are training, so. Yeah. Um, if an athlete's protein intake is between 1.8 and 2.2 grams of, of protein, we're, we're generally targeting that kind of space yeah. so to make it really easy. I just say, let's target two grams of protein per kg body mass, just to keep, make yeah. it really simple. And uh, most people will fall between 160 grams or if it's a female, it's between 130 and 150 grams, most people. And then for, for male athletes, it's 150 to 200 grams of protein. That'll cover most people's protein yeah. needs. There are, of course, there are people who are above and below that. But like I said, the the, the vast majority of people. So then it's about helping them to understand that when, it comes, when you're talking about protein, what's important. Total protein intake is the first priority then it's the protein uh, quality and then it's distribution. So yeah. you're talking That's about true. three kind of key things. And I will use a visual graph to show, okay, are you just having two slices of toast uh, in the morning? Do you know how much protein? Because yeah, yeah. The, 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 the more that you can engage people in conversation and get them to reflect and get them to realize where the deficits are, the more chance you have of changing a person's behavior.
0: Agreed. 100%. I think he said it nicely there as well. That kind of, again, a, a little bit of a hierarchy there. Um, and then use it as a bit of a reflective practice. I use it in my check-ins every single week is just reflect on the week. What have we done well? What have we done? What do we need to improve upon for next week? But I think that just that process or that practice for everything, let alone from nutrition, performance, whatever it is, just in that is very, very important. And I think the one thing that, that I took there as well was that we need to get the sources right as well. Like, and I know... Some people will say to me, but what, like, and if you look at their their meal plan or if you look at their food diaries, then, like, half their protein they're getting from carbohydrate sources. Like, oh, I can get 10 grams from my oats. And so I'll just eat way more oats and this, whatever. And they're counting it up. And then you actually look down, and you say, we're only having two eggs and a chicken fillet and one scoop away a day. And the rest is all coming from carbohydrate sources. Do you find that a lot? And how would you go about um, tell, or trying to coach someone to putting more? more f- total protein sources in there.
1: I, 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 um, uh, do I find that a lot? I think there's a lot of confusion around macros in general. Uh, my biggest issue, and again, I suppose not to go off, I don't, I'm not going a different direction in the conversation, but I think one of the biggest issues I, I will see with track, uh, a lack of focus on quality.
0: Mm, so Agreed.
1: If you can focus, yeah. So it's like people want to use protein bars or halo top they, ice they creams. Want to, yeah, or, or emphasize yeah. Uh, something or uh, within their that, that that's easy and that's convenient. Whereas going back to the simplicity of food, uh, uh, this is why I invest so much energy and so much time um on recipes is that if you can understand that this recipe and this meal provides 30 40 50 60 grams of protein whatever it might be
0: yeah
1: that'll really make your life that much easier so the way that i educate is is that is um is that have you ever seen you've seen that diagram of where you've got uh, here's your knowledge, your information, yeah, yeah. your skills, and your desire bit in, and motivation. Bit in between, yeah, and it, you you need to kind of encapsulate all elements. So the skill component and the information component they go hand hand in hand. Uh, so you you're investing in both. So that's why my expectations when you talk about people's reflections. My expectations are that people are practicing this in their in their lives and if i've I've seen it over and over if you focus enough on the quality then the overall targets that you're setting are an awful lot easier to achieve
0: hmm. nice i know a lot of clients do ask me josh You have any cook or do you have any uh what, what do you say recipes this and i always say i remember one of the, one of my good friends adam said this as well i'm a coach i'm not a cook unfortunately so um, I think they can de- they can maybe get, send you a message and you can give them a couple of recipes or or by the book, um, probably probably the easiest one.
1: Yeah, and and look, that's what I've tried my utmost to yeah. do with every single resource that I've provided. It's like how can I make this as easy as possible for people to follow? Yeah. And what I what what I I guess you know if you were to ask me what are, what are my bugbears in life, you know what what are the things that do kind of, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to go as far as they get under my skin, but they definitely irritate me at, at a high level. Yeah, It's where I get messages where people say, can you send me the recipe for that? And I go, have you even been on my website or do you have my book? Like this is what I've spent three years working and developing on all of the information. You can even filter by the exercise. But no, they want it sent to their inbox or to yeah. their WhatsApp, you know, and that, the, 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 for, from my perspective, and I use this phrase all the time, the people who own their shit, the people who are fully invested and find things for themselves. Yeah, of course, you have to help people and point them yeah. in the direction. But the people who own that and take full responsibility for it are the people who are consistent.
0: Yeah. Hundred percent. I do get that quite a bit as well, where it's just I'm in this position now, and I'm sure you get it as well. I need to get to hear how we're we going to get that. And it's like that's actually what I what I do. It's it's coaching. So if we'd like to jump on a consultation, or whatever, we can run through that process. But I guess people are just just want to be in the, want to get as much mo- as much information. And, and listen, I have to say hats off to people that they want to learn, and everyone's not just sitting back letting the world go by. They're on the hunt for information to make a positive change in your life. So a kind of uh I have to take my hats off to them. Sometime, um, in terms of you, you mentioned one of the things there that, that sparks something in my head: um, meal to, or not meal frequency or protein frequencies across the day. What would be the numbers that you look for across the day in, in, in spiking uh, or protein hits across the day?
1: I think there's so much confusion about this. So, so the reason I, I went back off the, uh, the 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 reference to the hierarchy is because we know that total intake of protein is the most important thing over the Mm -hmm. course of a 24-hour period. So if you want to ensure that you're going to hit that target, whatever that target is from a performance point of view, your total protein intake is the the most significant variable. So then if you're looking at, and this is why uh, the distribution of protein is important. If you're looking to make the most, particularly if you're training hard, if you're looking to make the most of that training session, there's a concept and you uh, uh, will have talked to, I'm sure plenty of your clients about this. If you're looking to maximize muscle protein synthesis, so the response to the stimulus of your training, then a minimum of 20 grams of protein is needed either side of, of, of your training or when you go through the, those uh, phases of muscle protein synthesis. Yeah. So the optimum dose, it, it, uh, the evidence would suggest it's a minimum of four or uh, hits across the, across the course of the day. Um, but you know there are athletes who train more than that, uh, sorry, that, that are training to intensities that may require five. So many of my athletes have have six meals a day, and the minimum hit at each protein. Sorry, the minimum hit of protein at each meal is 20 grams. Now remember that it. Like, if you miss, if you know you're, you've got 10 and one and 30 in another. (laughs) Yeah, your body can deal with that.
0: Yeah, it's not going to shut down straight away. No, your
1: muscles won't shrink because you've only consumed 10 grams of protein.
0: Yeah, although I, I remember being being like that in the day, or even being like that back in the day, or I'd finish off my last set of of bicep curls and have a protein shake right beside me, so I'd hammer that down the minute I'm done because this anabolic window was was thirty minutes or something. And and that, the
1: marketing has 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 done a great yeah. job. Um, <laughs> companies have done a great job of marketing that concept, and mm. uh, uh, I suppose neglecting to point out that. That the 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 percentage differences are are so small. They they do matter for athletes. Don't get me wrong, but mm. in real terms, your your biceps, <laughs> your biceps <laughs> can wait half are, an hour. They can wait an hour or two. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was going to say as well. And I talk about this a lot as well on on meal timing or post workout and something we're going to touch on after is giving yourself enough time to push parasympathetic dominance of the nervous system so we can actually digest and utilize that food but again younger Josh definitely did not know that and uh, he was there having away no shakes that is an important important point to note yeah it is it is for sure when we talk about pre and post workout meals or pre and post match meals what is the elements and considerations behind that like what is gonna we talk about I talk about performance all the time to for myself for everyone that's assisting on this on my Instagram page all my clients performance 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 we need to help drive and maximize performance to improve our body composition so if we look at the elements and considerations around improving performance in our pre-workout and then also what do we look for post-workout to replenish our body
1: yeah so that's the same language that 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 i use day in day out and uh, performance comes down to intensity and it is about the ability to uh, consistently produce a level of intensity so you can uh, you can eat a diet that's suboptimal, but you will not be able to reproduce the intensity that's required to consistently or to further improve adaptive responses to your training mm-hmm. um, so if you're operating at a high intensity then w- we have now got 40 years of research, maybe it's 50 years of research that has shown repeatedly that carbohydrate is a key nutrient that drives your performance and facilitates you achieving a very high level of, of intensity. So it's all very relevant to your exercise and it's mm-hmm. relevant to you. Yeah. So we, <clears throat> we know that um, depending on, like I said, that intensity, the, Amount of carbohydrate that you consume is somewhere between three to very, very high levels of intensity uh, for prolonged periods, it can be up to 10 grams of carbohydrate now most GA athletes or team sport athletes. Uh, eight grams of carbohydrates in preparation for exercise, and that lead in that thirty six hour window is is more than sufficient
0: is that is that um, sorry to sorry to interrupt you i I presume it's on eight grams in total, maybe by body weight or or is it did I not say
1: that sorry no, no sorry I just I was just making yeah. sure I say
0: ten like, grams Jesus Christ I've been overdoing yeah. it a lot here
1: <laughs> yeah so, i i sorry yeah uh, no hassle. no hassle. It, 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 i I remember <laughs> I remember something coming out in the media that was uh, that that there was um, a spelling mistake on, and that created a lot of confusion. The Irish Independent last year. And is I this in your
0: in your book? Did you say or
1: no? No, geez, no, not in my book. In an article you, where I was misquoted on 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 protein targets, it was something okay. like twenty four grams per twenty four grams per per kg body mass. Uh, no, so sorry, yeah. So the range is three grams. To maybe ten grams of carbohydrate yeah. per kg body mass. Okay, which, more sense. Which, which for an average person is somewhere between three hundred grams of, of carbohydrate. For sorry, for an average male athlete, is somewhere between three hundred grams of carbohydrate and um, six hundred grams of carbohydrate Again, daily. depending on field demands. Daily. daily,
0: yeah, good. Okay, I was thinking, geez, six hundred pre pre workout, it will be hard to stomach. Daily,
1: yes. Cool. So the distribution of that of that carbohydrate is incredibly personal and individual. So, you know, you, you, you can have, uh, and I very uh, frequently do have athletes who consume the vast majority of their carbohydrate sources at breakfast and then others who prefer to do it at at dinner time. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's a very, it's very much depends on you. You mentioned uh, digestion. It very much depends on the interaction between a person's stress responses, anxiety, nerves, uh, and, uh, and, and how much it can actually consume.
0: Mm. Yeah. I, I, I know a lot of people who would hammer, hammer carbohydrates in a pre-workout. When I do, I I can't, I can't feel the, the, my performance does slightly drop, I feel. And even on like a a bowl of oats, I've, I moved it a little bit higher from maybe eighty five to hundred and five grams and just felt a little bit more maybe a little bit more lethargic so and but post workouts absolutely no problem I'll, I'll definitely drive that a lot higher. Is, I is it,
1: yeah I think that's quite common. I think yeah, that's I think quite so. common. But even I, I would notice that um, uh, that even the type of carbohydrates so the 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 sensitivity to digestion is is a huge variable. Yeah. And I I have athletes who can consume that hundred grams of carbohydrate and pancakes and uh, and creamed rice, but they, they can't do it because the fiber component um and you know fiber plays a huge
0: role in this, yeah. but the
1: fiber component in oats. So they couldn't yeah. do it from oats, but they can do it from fruit juice and they can do it from Java cakes.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people actually, funny enough, you mentioned it as well, is cream rice is a huge thing and in the bodybuilding or body composition community, whatever you want to call it. And a lot of people are starting to make it like, I know trained by JP would be one that brought out his own brand and loads of other people. It's really, really common. I am yet to try it. I need to get a brand over here that actually do a decent one, but I heard it's very easy, easily digestible. That's the thing. Yeah. And
1: that's the thing. And, um, you know, the last thing that you want is multiple trips to the toilet in, in preparation before, you know, Hmm. any training or before competition, that's what you're looking to avoid so mm. the management of your fiber intake and just a quick deviation something that i learned the hard way with the vegan athlete um was how much the fiber element was um contributing to gi distress before competition for for him yeah and we had to do a review and realize he was consuming double the recommendation of of mm. fiber and he thought because all of his foods were so nutrient dense that that was yeah I mean, it, it didn't matter but was causing a real problem for him on game day.
0: Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? He probably thought um um all this food is such good quality, but then when you actually look into it, then you go actually that's probably what's causing that GI distress, as he said.
1: Yeah,
0: we talk about then so that pre and post-work. I just am really in, intrigued to hear kind of what you, your thoughts on this. We talk about protein source before, protein source after, ideally easy digestible, maybe some whey protein supplement carbohydrates pre and post and your thoughts on fat or dietary fat i would usually just program it in in a kind of a, a pre-workout meal but would you think that it's um either side or what what would you do with with fat sources either side of a of a workout
1: so if you think about uh, the 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 primary focus of of nutrition pre and post it's about the preparation component is enough energy and the availability mm-hmm. of amino acids for those adaptive responses and we know as you quite correctly pointed out it's pre and post and if you want to get the most out of your session it's some carbohydrate it's some for it's some uh, it's some protein and both now uh, I feel that the rest of your recovery, so the second and third phase of recovery is where you can really go after your healthy fats. Yeah. And um, by all means, if you want to include some some fats in, in, in that post-workout, you certainly can. Um, I think, again, it very much will come down to how your stomach responds and the intensity of the session. So it's hmm. definitely something that needs to be limited if the intensity of the exercise is very high. So matched day yeah. performance or competition, but two hours afterwards, by all means, by all means that's when we can make sure that we're consuming plenty of omega-3 and other polyunsaturated monounsaturated fats for, for general recovery. And for the, the, again, for the, that, that uh, hormonal response to our training yeah. to produce enough growth hormone and testosterone and, um, for that essential repair
0: yeah absolutely spot on i usually would would work something pretty much like you said there maybe not not exactly post-workout but the meal after that one then would would revolve around some and then the meal after that one as well so i think we're both on the money there and what what would your favorite uh pre and post-workout be out of curiosity i what you go to uh,
1: so 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 uh, I I feel like I, I'm not competing <laughs> anymore. So I'm not going to use me as a as an example. But I'm I give you an example of the of the menus that I create for uh, the teams that I I work with. Uh, it's normally a sweet chili uh, chicken stir fry, very low on veg, no garlic, no onions. Again, to well sometimes there's a, a little bit of onion, um, but you're looking to again to avoid. Inulin or or any yeah. of those fibres that could be an issue for GI GI uh, stress, and uh, there's always three carbohydrate options a minimum of uh, a minimum of three, sometimes four. Now that I'm thinking about it, so there'll be baked potato, there'll be noodles, and there'll be rice. And mm-hmm. so there's there's those are the three carbohydrate sources. Afterwards, we'll always make a recovery smoothie. Um, there'll be some uh, just to general confectionery, there might be some jellies and, and things like that afterwards yep. available. And uh, the recovery meal can be anything from burritos, fajitas, uh, sometimes there's pizza available. Guys really like uh, salmon. So I'll do a teriyaki salmon uh, with usually something that's salty, so baked wedges or or, or something Uh, yeah, baked wedges is probably the most common. Pizza obviously makes the cut from from time to time too.
0: And what I can take from there, and I think that a lot of people will think, when I presume that when I ask that question, I'm sure a lot of people would have thought, he's going to say brown rice, chicken and broccoli. It's going to be salmon and brown rice or whatever it is, some boring meal. But what we can see there is just, sends a couple of beautiful meals in there and you can make them enjoyable. It doesn't have to be this old school bodybuilder like ronnie coleman kind of meals that just look disgusting how are they doing it for so long and and i think that's that's what i get a a lot of from your your social media and stuff is that your your meals are very very enjoyable as well is that do you find that's a a huge part of the process as well yeah for for your athletes critical
1: critical critical and it's 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 um, it's a narrative and it's part of the conversation every single day. You know, the guys will come in straight away after training. What's for refuel? You know, what what are we having today? And you know, whatever it is, it goes around the group very very quickly. (laughs) Uh, I can
0: imagine.
1: Yeah, like sometimes that can be really bad if it doesn't work (laughs) out. But uh, yeah, so so it's critical.
0: Yeah. Very good. And in terms of when you said um, we talked about meal timings and um, pre and post, is there a certain time limit you'd like to? We talked about post workout, probably 60 minutes plus, and um, to allow ourselves, our, our, our nervous system to probably cool down a bit so we can actually utilize and digest that food. Pre workout, is there a certain time limit that you'd like to food to clear the stomach and to actually utilize the food?
1: Yeah, I always talk about the, the kind of three it's it's a minimum of three hours i I find anything Mm -hmm. less than that uh you you could be running into trouble again depending on on the type of meal of course yeah Uh, i often talk about a friend of mine who used to play games and used to train you know (laughs) after having a triple decker from o'brien's like (laughs) less than an hour beforehand but we always joked that he Yeah, He was always like, he. not that he was a statue, but he was one of those guys, let the ball in high, you know, I'll deal Mm -hmm. with it. So he wasn't doing the kind of running that the half-hours and the half-backs that that needed to do. But three hours for high-intensity exercise um, and then actually an hour to 90 minutes can be fine if it's just just a a general gym-based, strength-based workout.
0: Yeah, I'd usually say as well, I think you, you clocked on the head there, and um, 120 minutes minimum i think just to, to allow allow it to clear for you to utilize i used to genuinely i used to be pretty much again pre and post work it used to be minutes before i'm talking i'm shoveling in bowls of cocoa pops bagels crossing whatever i could get my hands on before i trained straight into the session it, I, it felt great when i was back in the day um, but now if i try to do that i don't think i could i could actually lift anything
1: yeah, no, I, that would be very uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, definitely not the way forward anyway. And then uh, is, do, you, do you run any kind of pre- or post-feeding checklists at all? Um, something I do give to, to clients is, I don't know if you heard like the 5, 10, 15, 20-minute rule to try and... No, tell me
1: about
0: God, you're putting me on the spot now to make sure I remember which ones are. So the 5, 10, 15, 20-minute rule would mean... Um, God, I can't, I'm trying to remember the numbers now because I want to get this right. Um, five, five deep breaths before your meal. Um, 10, 10 seconds between each bite. So put the fork down for 10 seconds. 15 minutes per your meal minimum and then 20, 20 chews per bite. Okay. I'm trying to put that into um, practice. Do, do you watch nature programs? Um, the very, very, very odd time
1: we've seen a pride alliance in the savannah after a
0: kill (laughs) i can see where this is going
1: yeah you you try that rule (laughs) with some of the 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 team sport athletes that i work with after training that's that that's more representative i am not going to be telling them to take (laughs) it um there uh it's all circumstantial is that advice agreed
0: yeah
1: is that advice absolutely recommended in terms of getting the most enjoyment experience and not having indigestion absolutely I like it I, I would definitely use that with people um but uh, it's a feeding frenzy
0: yeah I can imagine so coming to the to the end of under the podcast I think you've given some really 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 good information there but if there is one one kind of one or two little things or maybe even one final tip, and um, for anyone looking to improve their performance through nutritional strategies, what would it be if you haven't, if you haven't named it already, say, or if you'd like to um, replicate or, or, or re-say it again? I think everybody is on a very
1: different journey with their nutrition and their, their goals and their lifestyle. And um, my, my whole thing, um, when I, I remember the very, very first podcast I did, and uh, I was asked this question by, by Danny Lennon, um again uh, a guy that provides great uh, nutrition resources and it was to cook and it was it was to take responsibility for your food and uh, he's like that's really interesting i haven't heard that one before but it it that's not exactly what i think people need to do i think what people need to do is to reflect and this is my whole focus now with people that i work on work with it's have you got a process for reflection? Are you actually considering your pinch points and the things that are holding you back? And are you being really actually re- being really responsible about that? Because um, uh, I heard a, a great reference yesterday. Um, I was talking to our, our, our head physio at work and I was talking about that, that element of, that, that key moment where people change behavior and he talked about pain and the exposure to pain and he said it is only at a certain point of pain and frequency that people are going to be consistent enough with the rehab or the the exercise that they need to do Hmm. to actually treat that pain so i like that it's how can you get to the point yourself with your own journey that you don't get that you that you don't have to feel that pain so it's a prevention rather than a treatment hmm. so that's that's what I focus on I I I, I say reflect and develop a process for you that you realize what the specific thing is in your life that you need to do
0: to improve your health or performance love that yeah really 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 good I like that phrase as well from the head physio. It's a good, uh, good analogy, good thought process. Yeah,
1: we can all, because we've all it's true as
0: well. Pain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can resonate with that. And then the last thing that I'll always ask everyone that comes on is going to be, what are your three non-negotiables in life? So what could you not live without on a daily basis? What do you need in your life?
1: So my non-negotiables are that I have prepared or I've thought about what I'm going to <clears throat> I'm going to eat, you know, that there's a that there's actually a process in place. Mm-hmm. That it isn't I go to the fridge and uh that I'm figuring out then what I'm going to cook. Um so That's on true. any given day it has to start with um what does my day look like? Uh, <laughs> I'll come back to that that process of yeah, of, yeah. of of uh of reflection. And that leads, that, that that has this domino effect on the rest of your day. Some form of physical activity, you know, yep. it, it doesn't have to be competitive or it doesn't have to be overly intense. Um, and my my third non-touchable, and uh, this is definitely very dramatic to say this, but it has <coughs> been an absolute life changer for me. And that is having a routine, uh, a consistent routine around my sleep. And, um, nice, yeah. These, these, those three things are three of the four key pillars of performance. So when you invest in each one of those consistently, they have a domino effect on, on all the other pillars, yeah. the other being, uh, the other being stress management. Yeah. But if you can have a consistent wake time in your life, seven days a week within an hour, obviously we were not robots. Your life can be an awful lot uh, more enjoyable, and you know you're not dealing with as much um, of of the issues that, that that arise from the sleep deprivation.
0: Could, literally, couldn't agree more with you there. In the last part, you said, and the sleep and stress. And I'll always say this on on my checking sheet every single week: sleep and stress are my two number ones. There. How how good is our sleep hygiene? How consistent our sleep and wake times have been? What our stress manage, stress was? How do we manage it? And I say, when that's very high, you can see every single one domino effect, every biofeedback marker after that, poor, 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 poor. And then when it's really good, then it's a good, 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 every single one of them. And I think everyone can take from that is having those those pillars, those really, really important ones. What was it? It was sleep, it was stress, it was food, and then yeah. physical activity, having yeah. your foundations in place. So even if when all shit hits the fan, if you yeah. can have those in place, then everything seems to work still okay around you.
1: Yeah, and and I always say that uh, life is not smooth. Um, you're always going to have issues, but if you don't have those pillars in place when yeah. life is really tough, then your, your physical and uh, mental health will really suffer.
0: Yeah, completely agree with you. I do say that a lot as well, that if you can just have those in place and they never go, no matter what type of day that I have, or I'm sure that you have as well, my food quality will be very good. My step counts will be hit. I'll get my daylight exposure. My sleeping and, and weight times will be the same. And once those are in place, no matter what's going on, you'll still be, still hopefully, fingers crossed, be in a good place otherwise. But um, Daniel, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule. I really, really appreciate you giving us some fantastic information in around performance nutrition, in particular around the pre and post workout window, which I know I asked a lot of questions about, but I was very interested in, in finding out. But uh, thank you so much for coming on and taking the time today.
1: My pleasure. And just to say that if anybody is looking for a recipe ideas, they'll, they'll find them on, on com.
0: Absolutely. And I'm sure everyone who's listened to this follows you on Instagram, but can they follow you or can you give your uh, your handle yeah, there? So at,
1: at Davey Nutrition,
0: and my name is Daniel, not Davey. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you Everyone get that love davy oh my god it's geez. you should re- rebrand
0: daniel nutrition
1: no that, that just <laughs> didn't sound it just didn't sound right but uh Fair anyway points. uh that that's uh, me
0: brilliant thank you so much
1: thank you